You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. your inside pass to everything Saints football. Jimmy Graham brings it down, and that is a touchdown, New Orleans! We'll take you to places most fans never go. To practice, to the sideline, to the locker room, following every twist, turn, and touchdown of the Saints season. That is going to be a touchdown, Taysom Hill! Taysom TD! Welcome to Inside Black and Gold. And that is going to be a touchdown again. And guess who? Mike Thomas. Now, here are your hosts, Steve Geller and Jeff Nowak. Oh, baby! Listeners, welcome Inside Black and Gold. Steve Geller along with Jeff Nowak. We just dealt with the first Sunday without football of this past season. It was kind of depressing. That's why we are bringing you some great content today, getting into what's Jim Graham up to. I uh, want to talk a little about free agency, plus Jeff sat down with the Inside Vikings podcast, right? Locked on Vikings. Locked yes. on Vikings podcast, and maybe not such a pretty picture of Clint Kubiak. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're going to get into that. Uh, yeah, Luke <laughs> Braun from Locked on Vikings. We chatted with him on Friday's episode of Sports Talk, so I have a good chunk of that interview I want to play. Yeah, you know, it's funny because you look around and there's all this like high praise for the Saints hiring Clint Kubiak, and I think they, you know, they got their guy. Right. Which so I think to, in that to that extent, yes, it's a good hire. But, you know, it's funny. You you, you kind of look at that Viking season from from a 30,000 feet or whatever. And you're yeah. like, oh, it wasn't that bad. They went 89. Kirk Cousins threw for a bunch of yards and a ton of touchdowns. Like maybe there must have been something going right. Uh, but he did not give quite a glowing review of that year with Clint Kubiak. So I think there's value in that, like whether he's right or not. I don't know. But like there is some some. Uh, it's a very critical lens that he is looking at that season with. And so I think it's worth hearing at the it's very more, least. It's appreciative, I think, because of all, like you said, the outpouring of positivity. And it can't all be gl- great. 
Yeah, no, I think there's, he, he brings up a lot of good points in terms of, you know, and, and, and at the end of the day, it's like, okay, it didn't go perfectly. It didn't go that well. So why, why didn't it? And how do you fix that? So I think that's something that we can get dive into a little bit. Um, this first segment, yeah, I want to talk about Jimmy Graham. He's apparently rowing across the Arctic. So if you were wondering <laughs> if he was still going to try to stay in shape and play football next year, I think this is a pretty good indicator <laughs> that he's got other things on his mind. Um, so we'll talk about that. We're also going to talk about the Saints having training camp in Irvine. Uh, it's not yes. a done deal yet, but it's, it's going to happen. Uh, and so we'll talk about that. It, it came out, we were a couple days behind on this because it came out, I think, on Thursday which is after we recorded our second pod of last week so we'll, we'll dive into it if you already know all about it great but we're going to talk about it regardless and then the final segment i want to first of all break down okay what position should the saints be looking at in free agency like what's the highest priority like last year it was a find a running back and so that's why they went hard after jamal williams so we're going to identify like what positions they probably want to spend some time on and then identify a couple players uh, that they could potentially look at, whether it's former Clint Kubiak guys or, or whatever. Uh, we're going to talk about that. But first things first, yeah, <laughs> Jimmy Graham. All six foot eight of Jimmy Graham is going to be on a four-person team rowing across the Arctic. And I'm going to read you kind of the write-up from... The Saints, uh, Justin Vlosich from the Saints wrote this up. So just to give him credit, I'm going to read verbatim what he wrote. So Graham, who will serve on the mission as lead navigator, will be one of four rowers united by a passion for adventure. He will be joined by former Navy SEAL Andrew Tropp, who will serve as captain for the mission, former member of Team USA's rowing team and a New Orleans native, Hannah Huppy who will serve as project manager and former rower for Team USA and Team Switzerland, John Huppy, who will serve as the equipment manager. It's also going to be supporting Covenant House, Jimmy Graham Foundation, and Laureus Sport for Good USA. And the crew will will hold a Guinness World Record when it's done for the first mixed-gendered team to row the Arctic Ocean. They'll also be the first American team to row across a polar ocean. And they'll have a chance to hold the record for the fastest four-person team to row across the Arctic Ocean if they complete it in less than 15 days, five hours, and 32 minutes. So they are going to be rowing for more than two weeks. To And that will be the fastest ever if they can do it in 15 days. So uh, in case you were wondering... Uh, this is a pretty intense thing. So the team will row 24 hours a day, alternating in two-hour shifts. They'll sleep a maximum of 90 minutes at a time. So like while while a team of two is rowing, the other two will be sleeping for, for up to 90 minutes. So they'll aim to consume 8,000 calories per day, and then it'll be daylight the entire time. So like there's no night. You know, it's that time of year where there's just literally no night. Yeah. And so it's just, and it's a big, you know, if you go on Twitter, uh, Alex Restrepo from the Saints kind of tweeted some screenshots and then Dove Kleiman stole them and tweeted them himself. So you might see him there. Uh, it's a big rowing vessel. It's not like a crew vessel. It's like, you know, it's 10 meters long. It's got two cabins and three rowing positions. So like they will be able to sleep somewhere that isn't like out in the Arctic Ocean. Uh, <laughs> it's like exposed to the elements. But yeah, so that's what Jimmy Graham's going to be up to this offseason. Uh, so and good. I'm looking, this thing's 497 days and counting away right now. Yeah, so they're training, right? Like right. that's what they're going to be doing. It's not like they're going to be on there this week. Uh, 
he talked about this on a podcast with I think Cam Jordan earlier this offseason. Um, and just like that's this is what he does. This is what Jimmy Graham does. That's why, like, when he decided to come back, it was a it was a big deal because it was like, I got a lot of irons in the fire here. Like he wants to bike, he wants to go on these insane bike rides. He wants to he wants to ro- sail across the world. So it's independent of this. Like this is rowing. He has a he he lives on a sailboat in Miami, or at least he had prior to coming to playing for the Saints. I don't know what he did with the sailboat while he was here, but like he's got a big old sailboat. Like his his ultimate plan is to sail around the world. And so this is just something he's doing to kind of get ready for that. I don't know, but good for Jimmy. You know, that's gonna be something that's gonna be fun to kind of track over the next year. No, and obviously something super hard he's do he's doing with two members of Team USA and a member a former member that was a navy navy seal so that's yeah. that's some some tough people you're you're working with here obviously i i'm not j- doubting jimmy graham's conditioning at all though <laughs> yeah it, it is funny like you have these you know like yeah a navy seal and then like team usa rowing members and then, and then jimmy graham a <laughs> 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 uh, former nfl tight end right uh he's got long arms i'm sure he's you know i'm sure that helps in the rowing you know Maybe that's why the Saints work. didn't use him so much last year. They were saving him for this. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, and it's funny because he hasn't retired yet. Like, technically, right. he is not retired. And you don't have to retire, like, officially. There's no, you know, I, I think of, there's eventually, like, a, a pension that you can collect on or whatever. And, you know, for Jimmy, I think, so I think the only incentive Jimmy would have to officially retire is, I think Jimmy's a Hall of Famer, right? So whenever you retire, I think it's, what, five years from your official retirement that you can be on the hall of fame ballot, something like that. Don't quote me on that. But like, so if Jimmy wants to get on the hall of fame ballot at a certain point, you'll have to retire before that can happen. Um, but you know, and, and I think Jimmy, I don't know if he's a first ballot guy, but he's going to be, he's definitely in there. Yeah. And I think, you know, when Jimmy recently at the end of the season kind of posted a picture of him and his plane flying away, yeah. it's, it's, you know, kind of felt like a, goodbye but didn't really come out and say very cryptic as as we like to say but the message seemed to be there like it was for everything love you guys i'm out yeah and i think for jimmy it was like it if he had only caught one pass and it was a touchdown in the superdome all season i think this would have been a successful venture i agree um because i think he just wanted he really wanted that bookend of coming back playing in the superdome catching touchdown you know i think that's part of the reason he wasn't super you know he wasn't like upset about his role or at least not visibly because for this was all gravy for him you know and and the saints they got you know that when their saints were playing well they got some production out of him right when they won a couple games late in the year they were able to get him in the end zone and it was fun those four those three games where they caught touchdowns in a row it was fun so you know while it wasn't what a lot of people might have envisioned you did get some really cool moments for Jimmy. And I think that's what it was about for him at the end of the day. So, you know, if, if he had anything on his bucket list in the NFL in terms, obviously you'd want him in the Super Bowl. That didn't happen. But like, I think coming back to New Orleans was about, was more about the ability to get in there and say thank you to the fans one more time. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
No, you, you bring that up to me, even like even for the most critical uh, of angry Saints fans after last year, I think Jimmy did bring a lot of, I think brought joy to the Houdat Nation in general. Yeah, and I think we said at the time, like he's not coming back exclusively for a goodbye tour. Like right. that's not what it's all about. But at the end of the day, that's partially what it was about. And I think now he's he's happy to go off into retirement with that in mind. And uh, anyway, so we'll have that. You know, the other thing that's going to be happening a long way from here that we can kind of segue <laughs> into is the Saints will be holding their training camp in Irvine. And I don't think that all of the T's are crossed and the I's are dotted quite yet. But for perspective, you know, this is something that I had heard. You know, we talked about this last offseason in terms of they're doing construction on the dining hall. It's going to be uh, inconvenient enough, particularly with a 90-man roster in training camp, that it just makes sense to go somewhere else. And this isn't about getting out of the area, right? Like they don't, this isn't going to be a long-term thing because they are renovating that facility and they're going to do it. They're doing it for a reason, right? If they were trying to move away for training camp indefinitely, <laughs> they wouldn't be spending all this money to revamp the the facility. Uh, so like that's, that's, it's not really about getting out of air, but they decided early on that they're probably going to have to go somewhere. And it was really just a question of where, um, we were talking about this in last training camp. We asked Dennis Allen about it. He was kind of mum on the details, but made it pretty clear that this was something that was being considered. And I heard, you know, I heard around like week six or week eight, like mid-season, I heard Irvine as the as the likely target. Jeff Duncan reported that that's the front runner. I think he reported that last Thursday. But like, this is not something that came together recently in terms of, you know, this is where the Rams had held training camp previously. They're moving out. They have another facility they're going to go to. So this would be at on the campus of UC Irvine. Uh, it's on the suburbs of LA. Um, the Saints were out there last year in Costa Mesa to hold joint practices with the Chargers. They've held joint practices out in the LA area several times. They know the area well. They know the logistics well. So it just made, a, it made sense. And I think this time more so than, you know, like they've held training camp in, you know, in, in places where it was still hot, you know, and like they went to the Greenbrier, you know, if anything prevented you from considering going back there or something like that, it was like, we went seven and nine for the three years they were in the Greenbrier. <laughs> and then they came back and it was 2017 and they had the, the best season or they had this great draft and suddenly that kicked off this run of success. So yeah, I'm, I'm hope I think the, they're going to hope to avoid that. And I think there's like, okay, if we're going to go somewhere for training camp, let's make it somewhere where the weather is not going to be an issue. And that's, what's going to be with in Irvine. So you know, there's going to be a lot of logistical questions. Uh, I don't right. know if they're going to have open practices. I imagine they'll try to do something for at least anyone who wants to travel out there because uh, it is kind of lame that you're taking the team away from the fans who want to go watch them in camp. And it's going to be a logistical questions for us in terms of, you know, what's our coverage plan going to be? And you know, it's going to be very expensive to go out there and cover training camp for three weeks. So that's going to be something that WWL uh, Papa Odyssey has to answer. <laughs> um, and and yeah. like you mentioned, I understand fans are a little teed off. Everybody wants to see the team, get their early glimpse of them. But like you mentioned, this is because there needs to be – they're doing renovations – on campus so the the grounds aren't available right now or aren't going to be available then so why not get away make things easier on you uh, i am curious to see though will there be any point where they do come back from la in that last i guess lead up to to the regular season and maybe have two three practices available for the local fans because it would be a, such a shame just to shut everybody out 
uh, in Louisiana from training camp uh, this season. Yeah, I imagine they'll try to do something. Uh, I would that's think so too. One of these questions you have to answer, and and if you're sitting there wondering, go, what, why, why the cafeteria? Why is this an issue? Well, the cafeteria is basically <laughs> connected to the indoor training facility, and so I think one of the bigger issues is not necessarily the cafeteria and figuring out something there. It is you need the indoor training facility when there's inclement weather or when it's like 98 degrees and dangerous to practice outside. And if you lose that, then I think it does become a serious problem. So it's just, it's just easier to get away from it. And yeah, I, I am curious to see how they handle it. Cause like I said, you know, if I'm, if I'm being critical of this, it's that the last three times you went away for training camp was the Greenbrier from 2014 to 2016. And that coincided with three, seven and nine seasons. So it clearly was not, helping you at least not in the sense of like directly connecting to better results in the season so hopefully they've figured out you know hopefully that wasn't the reason hopefully the the training camp experience was not lessened in terms of installing the offense and getting everyone ready from being away and it was just kind of a uh you know that's the correlation isn't causation kind of situation right but i mean (laughs) it is a that is a pretty damning three seasons if you're if you're wondering whether they would be better off somewhere else i wonder was there ever obviously we won't know unless we get a chance to ask dennis allen was there ever a consideration to go back to the Greenbrier because that whole area there they they made into nfl training camp central and i know a few teams have have used it yeah. and i just don't know the availability obviously for the the 2024 season yeah, I don't know the availability either, but I think they I think they zeroed in on on, on California pretty early. Right, I'm on. sure the West Virginia been there, done that. It wasn't successful. Plus, that was a Sean thing. You don't want to do something that Sean did. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I just I think they I think they are very comfortable with the L.A. area in terms of how they can manage it. The other thing that Jeff reported that makes sense is so this year this is one of those years where the Saints have two road preseason games and one home preseason game and so it sounds like based on Jeff's reporting that the idea will be the first two preseasons games will be the road games and both of those will be out west somewhere like it yeah. maybe maybe Arizona or Seattle like it's not going to be the Patriots right like you're not going to have them travel cross country to play a preseason game and you're not going to have them travel home midway through camp to play a preseason game and then travel back out West. Right. Right. So I think the NFL is going to work with them to some extent to make sure that, to make that travel reasonable. So I, but I think it it does kind of mean, okay, so the finale will be the home preseason game and we'll have to, we'll figure that out because those first two preseason games are like smack dab in camp. Like it's not, it's like the last preseason game is like the last day before that open week. And so you'll pretty much be done with camp by that point anyway. So I imagine they will be back. So maybe that's going to be the week where they maybe throw a couple open practices in. Throw OTAs ball, right. and minicamp, I think, are still going to be at the Saints facility. So we'll still get that. And I don't know if any OTAs. I think there's usually one OTA open to the public. I can't remember. Yeah, I don't, maybe not. With, with the OTAs, I'm not, I don't think the public gets to see any of that, honestly. You know, maybe I'm thinking of like season ticket holders. I think sometimes they'll... Maybe there might be, right. They'll do, they won't do a full open practice. But maybe they do this time. Maybe that's how they help uh the the fans get some but you know all uh, those secrets that were revealed during otas that we see those should be open like what are you doing during otas right <laughs> nothing a lot of nothing <laughs> and and half the like the the veterans aren't even there half the time so like it's just well because remember they used to do like practices at Tulane, right like i i it wasn't that long ago that you had to practice at yellman stadium 
and uh, they haven't done the celebrity so- or not celebrity, but the softball game. Remember they used to do the softball game, right? Exactly. They haven't done that the last couple of years. That that ended during COVID and it never came back. So I don't know. That, maybe maybe that that's always, something that you'll return. That always was something fun. Obviously, fans love that, and for us, the access was unbelievable. When you're just able to hang out in the dugout with players. Yeah, I enjoyed that. That was fun. So maybe the maybe like I think that's going to be a focus this off season is since training camp won't be here. And the fans won't, at least not fans that can't afford to travel out to LA on a whim. Yeah. Uh, since they won't be able to like be a part of it, I wouldn't be surprised if you do see more community engagement things crop up like that to kind of, you know, fix some of that. But that's all I got. You know, anything else you want to add on that subject before we go to the next segment? No, but uh, definitely looking forward to spending time out west uh, for for training camp. It'll be, like you said, a lot cooler because, man, this past one, the sun was brutal. It's ridiculous. Like, <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, it's really not going to be that. You know, we did spend a week out there for this last training camp. So it's like right. instead of a week, it's three weeks, right? Like or what, however many days uh, training camp is. So it's not – it's really not that much more significant, but it is just a long time to be in a hotel and, and I and I understand why the team doesn't mind doing it because like during training camp the most I, I think I think the the at least everyone other than veterans stays in a hotel like they're not going back and forth from their condos and stuff so like the yeah. idea is to kind of sequester the team somewhere where it can be all about football and like I know that's why Sean liked the idea of going to the Greenbrier. Cause it's just, you don't have any distractions. It's all, it's all install and football and, and drills. You know, there's no kids there, you know, <laughs> like, uh, and I, and I'm sure that's why some players would be like, well, this is kind of like, I don't want to be away from my kids for three weeks or whatever, but you know, this or is some are saying, please take me away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. Even if they're saying that to their wives, like, Oh yeah, my gosh, Man, I don't want to leave you alone. It. <laughs> then they get up. Like, <laughs> and, and granted the, this time around, Los Angeles area, a lot better to stay around than West Virginia. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you can get more than like Subway sandwiches and shit. Yes. Uh, but all right. This is Inside Black and Gold. Let's wrap up this segment. We're going to come back. We're going to talk. We're going to hear from Luke Braun, host of Lockdown Vikings, talking about Clint Kubiak, Rick Dennison, Andrew Janako, uh, guys who were there in 2021, all worked together, all led that offense. So I thought it was just some good insight. So we'll listen to that. Then we're going to come back to the final segment, talk about free agency, some players to look at, some positions of need and free agency and all that good stuff. But thanks everyone for listening. If you haven't subscribed yet, please do that. Check us out on YouTube at WWL Sports. Check out the latest news notes and analysis at WWL.com. And uh, Steve hosts Sports Talk Monday through Friday. Uh, and uh, you should check that out. WWL AM 870 FM 105.3 and on the Odyssey app where you can also find this podcast. So download that too. And yeah, I'm asking you to do a whole lot of things. But if you do one of them, I will be uh, in your debt. All right. We'll be right back. <laughs> 